Uh, good morning, everybody. All right, so I'm going to speak this morning about Advent. And I'm not sure what um, everyone's experiences are with Advent, but um, everyone has sort of different uh, things that get done. I just want to start by telling you that I think it was about a month ago, I'm not sure the date, um, I went to Bunnings and I noticed the Christmas decorations that were going up. Now, it may have been that they were up for a month or two before that, but I don't go to the shops very often, so I didn't really notice. Um, but it's sort of, it's a bit of a cliche that as soon as the last holiday finishes, the shops start to uh, put on their Christmas displays because to them, Christmas is all about getting a bit more, a bit more money, making more sales, people coming and doing more shopping. And it made me wonder... Why is it that businesses who have this motivation of um, trying to profit from people's need to buy gifts, why do, why do those businesses um, get into Christmas so long before Christians do? Like surely Christmas is a time for Christians to be celebrating and getting excited about. Um, but it seems to be around the other way. So uh, this morning I wanted to try to um, answers some of those questions about what this lead up to Christmas is all about. So I'll just pray as well. Father, um, I just thank you uh, for your word. and I thank you that we have this opportunity to just um, gather together and, and hear your word. I just pray that you will speak through me um, and that uh, it will be the message that you want us all to hear. Amen. So, what is Advent? Um, the word Advent, I always start off with the dictionary, the word Advent just means coming or arrival. It's a Latin word. Um, and it's basically a time for people to prepare for Christmas. When I was doing a little bit of uh, research on this, I was actually surprised though to find out that the Advent period originally wasn't in preparation for Christmas. It was actually in preparation for um, the advent of Christ, they'd call it, where Christ was actually revealed to be the Son of God. And um, depending on who you talk to, I suppose, that moment was defined by different things. So some people saw it as um, the wise men visiting Jesus and they acknowledged him as the king and um, that was sort of the advent. Or um, some people say it was when he was baptised and um, God spoke from heaven, the Holy Spirit descended, that was his advent. Or some people say it was his first miracle when he sort of announced himself. Um, so it was interesting, I, I suppose, that this idea of advent has actually changed. And if you look at different church traditions, I think you'd find um, that across a number of them, they, they do remember the birth of Jesus, but they're also, during advent, think about uh, Jesus being with us, and also think about the future, about his future coming as well. Um, so I just want to talk briefly about some of the Advent traditions that we have. Now, when I was young, um, I had an Oma who would be very creative, um, and she would construct these Advent calendars. And I just remember this one, it was like a hot air balloon, it was a big ball inside a net with a basket with all these presents hanging below it. Um, and each present was numbered, and I had three other siblings and we'd take a turn each to open a, a numbered present um, every day leading up to Christmas um, in December. 
Um, and there are little toys in there, sometimes a Christmas-themed craft or some chocolate or something like that. But reflecting on that, the only thing it really said to me was that Christmas is getting closer. So basically it was a, a countdown to Christmas. So we have these calendars, these Advent calendars. But some churches and some families have um, Advent wreaths as well, and there's the candles that are lit, um, and sometimes they, they hold special meanings, and there's different meanings for each candle, and it helps people to reflect on the characters um, of Jesus or the characteristics that we should have uh, coming into this time. Um, there's also nativity scenes, uh, which I, th- I think are sort of the, the poster child of like what Christmas is all about. Um, and we've got these badges today, and I, I don't want to say anything bad about the badges, but I might... I don't know. Anyway, I'll leave that for later. But there's this idea of bringing Christ back into Christmas because the shops, they take that away. It's all about buying gifts and things like that. So um, there's the nativity scenes. Um, And then I'd never heard of the Jesse tree, but I think it was last year, I think, or even the last three years. There you go. The last three years, as a family, we've done um, a Jesse tree, uh, which is sort of like a calendar, but it's following the story of the Bible, right from um, Adam and Eve through Noah and King David all the way down to Jesus, like a big family tree. Um, And it's really good. We thought it was good for our young children, uh, sort of introducing them to the whole story of the Bible. And what Christmas is about is about the coming of Jesus. Um, So all of those traditions um, are good. They do set set apart this time of year um, and make it, special and make people think about uh, what Christmas is all about. Um, And it is the time that we remember God sending his son to be born for the world. Um, And none of those things are bad. And what they do is they compete against some of the commercial messages that we're sold otherwise. Um, And I think it's a good thing for Christians to sort of stand out uh, as different from the world. Because if everyone's worried about Christmas, buying things, getting things ready for Christmas Day when you meet your family and things. It's all about the kids, that sort of stuff. I think it's good as Christians to stand apart from that and say that it's about something different. So, ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, um, God promised right from the beginning to use the offspring of a woman, a Messiah, uh, to destroy the devil. Um, And that was God's wise plan to redeem his people, like all people, from their sins. Um, And throughout the Bible, throughout uh, the Old Testament, especially in the prophets, um, we see a lot of verses talking about this promised Messiah coming. And I've got a few verses here, and we probably know a lot of these. We um, have heard them a lot. Um, In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, And you can see there that um, it's quite clear that the Messiah that God is promising isn't just a person. It's not not just an ordinary man. It's God himself. Um, And then there's Isaiah chapter 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Uh, And in Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, 
Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. So even the place where Jesus was born was recorded and, and prophesied about. So these are, these are a few prophecies that we can find about the birth of Jesus. Uh, but there are more about Jesus, what he was going to do um, after he was born. Um, and they do also tell about how he was going to be rejected and ultimately die for the sins of his people. Um, and probably Isaiah chapter 53 is the most famous one. And I've just sort of taken a few extracts there. Uh, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He poured out his life unto death, for he bore the sin of many. And there's a lot more in that chapter, and it's a good chapter. Uh, and it shows, you know, that Jesus what didn't just come to be born. He came to, to have a special purpose and um, to live this life and to die for our sins, uh, which is what we see happen uh, as recorded in the New Testament. So during the Advent time, um, it is really good to remember the birth of Jesus and we should, we should be countering that commercial message um, that it's all about shopping. Um, but if Advent is a time of preparing, then what are we preparing for? We're not preparing for the birth of Jesus because that's already happened. Okay? So what are we waiting for? I think in, well, it does say in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, um, just after the disciples saw Jesus ascend uh, into heaven, some angels appeared uh, by them and they said to them, this same Jesus who has, take, who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And I think from, you know, that from that point on, the church has been waiting for Jesus to return. Um, and this second coming, it's a large focus of a lot of the New Testament. And it, I mean, it is mentioned in the Old Testament as well, but uh, it takes up a lot of the, the focus of the New Testament. So what, what kind of things do, does the Bible say about Jesus coming back? We can read in Philippians um, chapter 3, verse 20, that our citizenship is in heaven from which we, all, we also eagerly wait for a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's saying there that we're eagerly waiting for our saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing here. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Therefore, um, you do not lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. And in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, uh, it says we're, we're looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour Christ Jesus. I wrote a different version down in my notes. <laughs> um, and in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1 verse 10 it says, And we wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. And there's more. Jude chapter 121, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And Romans chapter 8.23, and not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption of sons, the redemption of our body. And Galatians chapter 5 verse 5, 
For through the Spirit, by faith, we are waiting for the hope of righteousness. It's all about waiting. You know, it's repeated over and over again. Um, I just want to talk briefly about this verse, uh, these verses in James. It says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield, yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. We've got a lot of waiting to do, as it says, you know, as it says waiting a lot of times. Um, and James here says to be patient because the Lord is coming. You know, just as the farmer knows that it's going to rain, although in Australia it's, it's a little bit questionable sometimes. Uh, but, you know, James is saying that the farmer knows it is going to rain. He just has to wait patiently for those rains because there's nothing he can do except wait. And then once the rains comes, then he can plant and he can sow and he can harvest. So in the same way, we are to be patient. Um, and not just be patient, but to stand firm. So there's this word of encouragement as well. So whatever situation that we find ourselves in, because we, we have this uh, knowledge of what's to come um, and this hope, then we can um, stand firm uh, and it gives us this encouragement to persevere in our Christian lives. I just noticed one of the songs that we were singing this morning, I can't remember which one it was, but it I can't remember actually. Uh, I think it was the second song or the third song maybe. Um, and I can't even remember the words, but that's okay. Um, but it was all about Jesus' life, him being born, him living, him dying for us. And that's great. And we remember that almost, well, we do remember every week when we take the communion. Um, but sometimes we need to think about what it is we're doing here because if we have no hope in the future, then we can sometimes get a little bit depressed or um, unsure of what's going to happen. Um, and so this idea of waiting and knowing that the Lord's coming is near, I think is really important for us as Christians to be thinking about, especially in this time of Advent when we're thinking about Jesus coming, either his first coming or his second com coming. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about studying prophecy. Now, sometimes when you say studying prophecy, it can put some people off because they think, uh, you know, it's too complex for me. I don't know, you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? It, it's all a bit um, unsure, especially when you talk about end times. Um, but there's so much in the Bible about what's going to happen in the future that we shouldn't neglect it. You know, it says in um, 2 Timothy, I think, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So we shouldn't put aside some passages because we're, they're too hard. Um, and there are a lot of um, things that can benefit us when we study prophecy. And especially during Advent, if we start to think about these things, uh, I think it will help us in our day-to-day -day lives. So the second coming. There's three things that I just want to point out this morning that I think will help us to see maybe uh, the study of prophecy in a slightly different light. So the first one is that the second coming should prompt us to live productively. So in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is talking about uh, the signs that will precede his, his return to the earth. Uh, he goes into a lot of detail there, but straight after that, um, 
in that chapter and the next chapter here, he has some illustrations that show what people should be doing and what the attitudes of people should be as they wait. Um, and it's summed up really well uh, in an illustration that he talks about a servant who was put in charge of all the other servants while his master was away, um, which is similar to what Jesus has done, because we are now in charge of you know, the message of the gospel in this earth, and Jesus has gone away, but he's going to come back. Um, and Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 that it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing those things that he was instructed to do when he returns. But if the servant was found unfaithful and disobedient, then things aren't going to go down so well. Um, so this idea of making sure that we're doing the things that we've been entrusted to do, I think is really important. And we've all been given different gifts, um, and we all have gifts in different areas, and we've all been called to serve the church and to spread the good news. So there's not really, I don't think there's really any excuse that any of us can have for not uh, expressing those gifts and serving the way that God has enabled us to serve. So that's the first point, um, that the second coming should prompt us to live productively. The second point uh, is that the second coming should encourage us to have hope. And I sort of talked about that before, that um, this hopeful mindset that thinking about Jesus returning can give us is contrasted so amazingly from um, what the world's attitude might be. So, you know, often I drive to work and I hear the news or come home from work and I just hear the news on the radio and I hear some of these stories and they're so depressing and so full of despair and there's no hope in them. And I think, how can anyone who's not a Christian cope with some of these things? Because, you know, I I just don't see any hope in them. And, you know, I talk to some people who I work with um, and hear some of their situations uh, and some of, you know, the people that they know or whatever. Like we all, I'm sure we all have times when we have contact with people and we think, how can you cope with that if you have no hope for the future? And in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4, uh, where Paul is writing um, to that church about the second coming of Jesus, right at the end of that chapter, he writes, therefore encourage each other with these words. So the return of Jesus should encourage us because instead of having to endure this world forever uh, with its brokenness and grief, uh, we have a glorious and joyful and pain-free future that's awaiting us. So, you know, I think, you know, if, if anything, that studying the second coming or reading about the second coming or, you know, being aware of it uh, is going to encourage us to have hope. The third point... Uh, is that the second coming also urges people to repent. The Bible is very clear that no one knows the time or the date uh, that Jesus is returning. And um, that should urge people to, you know, to make it urgent uh, to accept Jesus as their saviour and to make a decision because you can't sit around waiting forever. Um, And it says in the Bible, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. That's what God has promised. You know, you can't make it any easier than that. So it's really important and urgent uh, to spread that good news so that those people who haven't made a decision can make a decision. 
And I suppose the sad news is that not everyone will decide to follow Jesus, and we know that. Um, But I suppose they have to make that decision because the day is coming when Jesus will return and it will be too late. Um, So the second coming, it urges people to repent. So what is Advent about then? It's not about the commercialism uh, that's the focus of so many shops and things around Christmas and before. Um, And it isn't even a countdown to Christmas. And, you know, it's not even about bringing out the nativity scene and wearing your put Christ back into Christmas badges, although that is really important to show to the rest of the world that Christmas is not just about shopping, okay? So do wear your badges. But for us... Advent is a time to remember that Jesus did come and that he will come again. And preparing for and living our lives in the expectation of his arrival um, is a thing that we should be doing. So we're not waiting for a baby to be born. Some of us might be waiting for a baby to be born, but we're not waiting for Jesus to be born. He's already done that. And what he's going to do is he's going to come back and things are going to be different from then on. So at the very end of uh, the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, uh, there's a passage that I want to end on, and I'll read it out, because when I was talking to Amy about my message last night, the conclusion that I had was a bit waffly or something. So I'll just read this out, because I think it says everything that I want to say. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say come, and let him who hears say come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Father God, I just thank you that the Bible is so full of all the things that we need to live this life. And I thank you for all the promises that it contains. And I thank you especially Um, But it does promise that you will return again um, to redeem and finish uh, saving your people. And I just pray that uh, over this time of Advent and coming into Christmas that um, that we can be that light to those people who don't know you, but to also to reflect on your first coming and the coming that you've promised that will happen in the future. Amen.